That's one hell of a nickname. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked. Hanukkah edition. Where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, The Story of Hanukkah. By David A. Adler. Illustrated by Jill Weber. Published by Holiday House. With Hanukkah ending at sundown today, we have a special Hanukkah book review. Being Catholic, I don't know much about the holiday, so this should be a fun one. So to all of our Jewish listeners out there, Happy Hanukkah! The story of Hanukkah is exactly that. It's a quick summary of the events that led to the holiday of Hanukkah. It discusses battles the Jews had with the Greeks, and also includes instructions on how to play the game of dreidel, and even holiday recipes. Will this guide light our fire, or will it flicker out? If you didn't bring any latkes, it's okay, we got the recipe. Now let's learn about Hanukkah. This nonfiction begins in Judea, modern-day Israel, explaining that the Jews who lived there were peaceful shepherds and farmers. A lot of organic farm-to-table stuff going on at that time, and a whole hell of a lot of buying local. On holidays, the Jews all went to a temple in Jerusalem with gold and silver gates called the House of God. Inside the temple was a light that always burned called the Nertamid. There was no need for Tombow debt or Motel 6 back then, because the Jews were leaving the light on for you. Well, the Jews didn't always rule the land, and at a certain point, the Greeks did. And a Greek king named Antiochus IV killed thousands of Jews. The book states, quote, Anyone who lit Sabbath candles, studied Jewish law, or refused to bow to Greek idols was put to death, end quote. I'm guessing one of Antiochus's biggest fears was a Jewish lawyer. Why else would he stop them from studying law? Well, one day an old priest named Mattathias had a conflict with the Greek soldiers when he refused to worship a Greek idol and threw it to the ground. Mattathias called for other Jews to follow him and they ran for the hills. No, seriously, they did. And the Greek army gave chase. But little did they know, they were getting baited into a classic ambush. When they got to the hills, there were Jews hiding behind boulders and in caves. They attacked the Greeks, and they ran and hid. It was guerrilla warfare in ancient times. Genius! The Jews, even though they were just shepherds and farmers, continued to fight like trained soldiers under Mattathias until he died, and then his son named Judah took over, keeping the family business alive. They apparently called Judah Maccabee, and his followers were called Maccabees, which means hammer. How freaking cool is that? Even a couple of thousand years ago, these people knew a badass name when they saw one. I'm shocked the Greeks didn't run the other way from hearing the name. Hammer's coming to pound ya. Not in the sexual way. The Greeks should have ran after hearing the name, but they didn't, and they paid for it. The Greeks and the Maccabees battled 
In the final battle, the Greeks outnumbered the Maccabees 6-1. to one. But the Maccabees still won. That's truly overcoming the odds. After the victory, the Maccabees went to their temple in Jerusalem to find it was trashed. This is why the Greeks couldn't have nice things. But don't worry, the Maccabees cleaned it up and even gave it new gates. It was like an episode of Fixer Upper. They ran into one issue, though. The book states, quote, When it came time to light the Nair Tamid, they found just one small jar of pure oil. Only enough to burn for one day. But that oil burned for eight days until more oil could be prepared. End quote. Pure oil, huh? I guess back then they didn't have access to synthetics. But eight days, that's crazy. Now that's efficient, getting full use out of an oil. If only our cars could do that nowadays, we would have zero problems. Someone get a hold of the Maccabees and get them to work. Moving on in the Hebrew month of Kislev, the temple once again became the house of God. So Judah made an eight-day holiday to celebrate this every year called Hanukkah. And apparently Hanukkah means dedication. Interesting. It's all starting to make sense now. And this nonfiction comes to an end, explaining how Jews celebrate Hanukkah all over the world. By lighting candles and eating latkes, which are potato pancakes, along with other traditions. Children will also play a game with a top called a dreidel. Sounds like a whole hell of a lot of fun to me. I like games and pancakes. And the book even has instructions on the last page with how to play dreidel. As I read the instructions, it just seems like gambling, which I can appreciate, especially if I'm winning. And there's a latkes recipe. That I am definitely going to have to try out. Man, did I learn a whole lot about Hanukkah that I didn't know before. And the recipe at the end was the cherry on top. All the battles were exhilarating, and add the ancient Greeks to the list of people who have treated the Jews like shit throughout ancient history. Who would have thought? I found out that David has written over 265 books, and it really showed. He was able to take history and teachings and make it exciting for the reader, all while being concise. Though I will say... I wouldn't be able to fact-check him to see if all this is accurate to the Jewish religion, because I'm not a Jew. Jill is also clearly a professional. Her illustrations look like art, with plenty of color, in her own individual style. And they were able to provide emotion to the telling. So on a scale from 1 to 5, I'm going to give this book a 4. I'll have the full bird. This goose is cooked. Hanukkah edition. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.